If you're interested in sponsoring How You Play the Game, please email us at podcast at osipfoundation.org. Your sponsorship may be tax deductible. Well, we're out of bed and we're on with the headsets, which means it's time for How You Play the Game, the official podcast of the OSA Foundation Incorporated. Yours truly, Jack Furlong, with you as we talk to you about what's going on as far as the world of sportsmanship is concerned. This is the first episode of the month of July. The year is 2019. As always, you can get in touch with us a multitude of ways. Our website is osapfoundation.org. You can always email the show. The address is podcast at osipfoundation.org. You can use the email address or the button on the website to submit your stories of sportsmanship so we can discuss it, or uh, you can even be on the show that way. On social media, you can find us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash osipfoundation, and then on Twitter and Instagram, the handle is at osipfoundation. So happy you could be with us. Across the way from me, as always, the producer-engineer, Mr. Sean Ryan. Sean, hello. How are you? You wake up and then put the headphones on? I Do I do it wrong? See, I sleep with the headphones on all the time. Oh, then I'm doing it wrong. I guess so. Okay. But I'm doing well. How are you? I'm fine. How are the buttons that you're pushing? They're not really doing anything. Okay, so good. I'm glad we had this talk. We have a very special guest today on the line with us, returning for his second appearance on the show, our good friend T-Mac, Tim McCaffrey from Close Call Sports. Tim, how are you, buddy? Am I supposed to have headphones? Because if, if, if so, I'm doing this way wrong, and I, and I have to go. Well, <laughs> listen, if we can't do it right, we certainly don't expect you to be doing it right. So we're just... We're just very inept. We're just closing our eyes and wishing for the best. Which is kind of how most of us operate in life in general. Right. It's basically how I work the plate. <laughs> uh, from your lips to God's ears. So, so Tim, we were, we're having you on the show. We got a lot to discuss. Uh, we wanted to discuss with you because we saw a lot of it on Close Call Sports, on, on Facebook, on the website. I'm sure that the podcast, uh, the plate meeting, will be discussing it at some point. You, you guys are all over it like we are. Uh, the the issues of uh, unfortunate sportsmanship stemming from violence in the workplace has really hit ahead uh, in the past couple of days. It started on the field really with uh, the Manny Machado incident in Colorado, and then we've had a couple of stories that have broken with uh, fights on the field, assaults of officials. So we got a lot to unpack, and uh, we wanted to have you on since you were very vocal about it. So let's just start from the beginning. Give us, for those of our our, uh, our listeners who don't know, give us a brief summary of what happened a couple of weekends ago in Colorado when the Padres were in to play the Rockies. So... <laughs> Where to begin, right? Uh, so Manny Machado, not happy with the call. We can boil it down to this. Forget the calls for a second. Let's just go to the way umpires are treated currently by players. Some players with uh, great disdain. Um, you know, they're allowed to go to the media and express their displeasure with very minimal consequences. Uh we all know about the Ian Kinsler situation, the CC Sabathia, where they're just allowed to just go out there and, and rip on uh, umpires and complain about uh, calls and, and, and nothing happens, which is, you know, 
they're one if they do that. There, but there should be consequences because we certainly don't have players, uh, excuse me, umpires going on and complaining about players. Boy, did you see that 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 easy double play ball that that third baseman kick at at 18 minutes to the game? You know, I mean, that would be great. We should have post game press conferences with umpires. You know, of course, I'm kidding, but uh, it's so Machado makes very minimal contact with Welke. You know, and even with that, I, I say I'm not saying I don't have a problem with it, but you know, it's very, very minimal. Welke acknowledges the contact, and Machado, like a petulant child, uh, fires the bat uh, as hard as he can into the this, the retaining wall. My issue with this is: could you imagine if there was a person up at the net being, "Oh my God!" and he and he turns and says to his wife, "You got to see this." Look at this. Get off your phone for a second and look at this. And the bat helicopters and hits this guy in the head. Right. The guy would be suspended for 60 games. I mean, to me, what we're doing is we're looking at the, well, it didn't hit anybody. So what's the big deal? Well, if that's our barometer, we've got really big problems. Right. Um, you know, because the equipment that uh, Azrubal Cabrera threw hit the foot on a bounce of Bill Miller and he you know, he received a four-game suspension. Let me just tell you this. Bill Miller ain't having any trouble walking today. And there okay? were their batting gloves that were thrown. And batting not, gloves, and not I believe that... a protective arm brace or a shin right. guard. You know, I mean, you'd have to really you'd have to really hit you in the wrong spot for you to be injured at that. Right. But if that bat hits somebody, you're talking about concussions, you know, uh, <laughs> on any myriad of things, right? Right. So it, baseball, baseball's kind of like... The MLB front office is kind of like the drunk guy that you think is drunk, but you can't really prove it because you can't smell the alcohol on his breath. There's really no rhyme or reason to uh, what they do, and they don't really know that. But there's, you know, you can't really prove that they're incompetent, but you certainly have a good case for it. I think you just described Sean and I. <laughs> so. I was trying for that. Did I nail <laughs> I knew it? Yeah, you weren't supposed to pick up on it that quickly. Well, <laughs> we each had a cup of coffee, so we're we're raring to go. Now, let me ask you a couple of questions, uh, almost to play devil's advocate. And let me let me How preface dare it by, you? let me preface it by saying I agree with you. So, with regard to the Astrubal Cabrera incident, for, again for our listeners who don't know, uh, recently. Sometime after that incident in Colorado, there was a situation with Cabrera uh, when the Rangers were playing the Indians. He was ejected over uh, a dispute. He ended up throwing his batting gloves and whatnot in the direction of Bill Miller, who was not the ejecting official. It was actually Doug Eddings. And, uh, he, and, and he ended up getting a four-game suspension for that. Do you think that that large of a suspension was in any way a response to the 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 backlash from the one-game suspension to Machado. Do I know what I think? And it's, yeah. it's, it's an exclusive. Okay. Bill Miller's the union president. Ooh. Okay, a lot of people don't know that because they think it's still Joe West. But Bill Miller's the union president. And it's one of those deals where I've been in leagues where – let me just put it to you this way, where the the league president knows I'm one of the top umpires or thinks, at least thinks, I, I've got him fooled. 
Okay. And maybe a guy will get suspended for four games when if it happened to another guy, he'd get one. Right. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And I think there's no doubt in my mind that that suspension occurred because Bill Miller's the union president. Interesting. End of discussion. Interesting. Now, let me ask you this. The argument with regard to the Machado suspension that I heard most frequently, that was not ridiculous because let's face it, a lot of the discussions that I heard that I read about this whole thing were complete malarkey. And it was, it was embarrassing to read, but the one that I saw that at least held a little bit of, of weight, whether I agree with it or not, is that the Machado suspension was based off of precedent that the one game suspension is basically what most people get when they make contact with umpires. Now, obviously this did not take into account the, the, the violent throwing of the bat, but does that hold any water in that the suspension to Machado was adequate based on past precedent sent? Well, let me, let's just get this straight for a second. If there's a fan yelling at a player, whose responsibility is it to get that fan removed? The umpires. Usually right. the umpires will alert an in-stadium security guard and that fan will get removed, right? So the umpires have the backs of the players when stuff goes into the stands. Mm-hmm. Do you know who monitors uh, bats being thrown towards the stands? Who? Umpires. Right. Umpires, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the problem, the precedent, I don't have a game for the bump. I don't have a problem with the game for the bump. The problem is there's more to it. When you fire a bat, <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's not funny, but you know, I told you in the last time we talked about it, I'm doing some youth games this year. And right. maybe, who knows? Maybe I'll chronicle it for a book or something or an article on Close Call. But um, I have noticed since my basically six or seven years off of doing these games um, that people throw a lot of equipment. These kids – First out of the inning, a guy spiking his helmet, running to first base. Yep. I mean, we have to make aware. It's these are learned behaviors. This kid didn't wake up and just decide that he was going to, um, you know, throw helmets and throw stuff every time he made an out. I, I'll give you an example. I was a big Mets fan growing up, and Sorry my favorite player was Dave Magadan. Okay. okay. I just loved how he came up for Keith Hernandez, and. Uh, and, and was, like, not afraid of the pressure. And when Magadan used to get a borderline pitch that he didn't like, he would take a stroll out of the batter's box that was almost to the on-deck circle. So you know who emulated that while he was playing baseball growing up? Who? I did. Great. And it, it's a learned behavior. Mm-hmm. Now, now you realize it's disrespectful, but, you know, and you can't do it on pitches that are down the middle, but anytime you just take a straw out of the batter's box, A, you clear your head, B, you tell the umpire it's not a strike, and now you're going to wait for me because I'm the big, bad, tough guy, right? <laughs> you know, so it's a learned behavior. These things that kids are doing are learned behaviors. They see Manny Machado, who, believe it or not, I know what a lot of adults don't like him. A lot of kids love him. Right. Okay? They love Bryce Harper. They love these guys. And, you know, and of course, a lot of them, they should watch Mike Trout, but, you know... It, so what, these are all behaviors that they're seeing, they're emulating, and the response is they don't see respect towards umpires. So now you have to deal with that on multiple levels. So Machado, getting back to your original question, needs to get four or five games. Right. You cannot be allowed to throw equipment towards the stands uh, 
okay, maybe batting gloves, but not a bat. Am I, am I missing something? No. This is insanity. Yeah. You know, could you imagine if, if, if somebody, if there was no net there and he missed the net, I know it was towards, and a helmet went into the stands, I mean, the media would lose its collective minds, but nobody talks about it because there was a net there. I mean, and that net is 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 give. It's not it's not it's not a steel cage, right? You know, it's not the Hogan versus uh, King Kong Bundy steel cage of WrestleMania. <laughs> you know, this is a net that has give to it. And the great part is, if you go watch that video from the San Diego feed, you see the people in the stands with their mouth wide open, like stunned at what they're watching. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, you're 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 absolutely right. So before I move on let me just go off on this one quick tangent what is the solution then to this learned behavior do we as umpires need to warn and or eject these kids for this behavior how do we how do we solve it because then we become the bad guy even though we feel we're doing something morally right unfortunately as i've been preaching for the last couple of years um, it needs to start in Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. You know, it needs to start in the places to where the kids are seeing this go, oh boy, yelled an umpire. And then it's a cyclical process. Look, all oh, the umpires are so sensitive. But I-, I need to see things done like, no, don't throw your, I mean, don't throw your bat after you pop the ball up. Right. I mean, it's funny because I told a kid the other day, he, he darn near killed the, not killed the catcher, but, you know, he missed the catcher by a foot and a pop-up to the first baseman. The catcher was looking up in the air because he, he was 16, you know, running towards the, the ball, even though it was darn, you know down near first base, and he, he missed the catcher by a couple of feet. I, I just put my arm around the kid and said, hey, you know, let's, let's not throw the bat on the baseball field. That's fair. You know, and, um, but... To be honest with you, what I really believe is anytime you throw an equipment at a game that isn't a professional game, you should be ejected. That's what I believe. That'll stop it. Do you want to realize how to stop things? You got to actually think outside the box. Yeah. You throw your helmet on a baseball field, you throw your bat, you're ejected. You're removed from the game. End of discussion. Now, I, go ahead. What, what is the re- what, what is the, who is the person that's going to argue against that? It's a good point, and and I know from personal experience because I agree with you. There have been multiple times in games that I've done where a kid was throwing a bat, and he was doing it in a way where, you know, there there didn't seem to be malice, but that does that's completely beside the point. You know, he'd hit the ball, the the bat would be thrown as if to, to just be dropping it, and I'd have to say to the kid, "Listen, you can't be throwing the bat. You almost killed me or the catcher, etc." Do you know where you don't see guys throwing bats and helmets? Where's College. That? You want to yeah. know why? Because they're so afraid of getting a four-game suspension or a, two game or a one. They're afraid of getting suspended yeah. and ejected because college baseball has done a great job in, in just having basically a zero-tolerance policy towards nonsense. You know, the NCAA is taking the lead on this. And if you have that on other levels, you know, nobody's watching. Let's be honest for a second. Nobody's watching the you know the NCAA the games. I mean, maybe they watch the College World Series, but there's a reason that, you know, uh, you don't have CBS uh, televising the game of the week from the college baseball. You know, it's people aren't watching it. Right. But, you know, if the same thing were to occur, but he, what's happened is we've got spoiled brats, and this is where it's a, it's a dynamic that a lot of people aren't going to like, okay? In the olden days, if a, you had a guy that was acting out towards umpires, Maybe you call a couple pitches that are a little off the plate on him and get him in gear. 
you know, and people aren't going to like that, uh, you know, that I'm, I'm giving up the code, but that guy either gets in gear or he just average drops 30, 40 points. Mm-hmm. You know, it's his choice. Yeah. But you can't just be completely disrespectful towards umpires. Now, with every game on TV, you know, from double A up, you know, you, you have to, a strike is a strike, a ball is a ball. So what is that? There's, there are no consequences for your actions other than ejection. You know, and I've had numerous suggestions. I mean, I've, I've told uh, people this. I think the soccer's got a pretty good system. You know, I mean, I think, you know, a yellow card violation, and then if you get three yellow cards, you get suspended for a game. Mm-hmm. So you don't always have to eject, you know. And, right. I mean, people are like, well, what can you do? What can you do? Well, I have answers. And then they go, well, that's ridiculous. Well, then what are your answers? I got none. So how about a yellow card? So that way when Jack Furlong goes, that's fucking outside, Tim. You know, and and I look at me and goes, okay, Jack, that's your yellow card. Okay, you collect a second one of these today. You're ejected. You collect three of them during the season. You have a one game suspension. I'm surprised you, you know? didn't run me right there, because <laughs> I would have uh, run myself. I mean, but but you know, I, mean, I, I look. You know, maybe that's not a great example, but you know, I'm just trying to come up with ideas. So a we don't have eight thousand ejections a game, right? And 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 b. We can not have this hostile environment. I got so many, so I've only worked like seven or eight youth games this year. But a guy says they used the AJ Przinsky, and I thought it was funny. I didn't eject him because I really, you know, don't care. I, I, he called the guy. He comes up to the other umpire for the games. What do you think about this Angel Fernandez situation? I don't know who that is. I'm sorry. Yeah, see a pitcher? Is, yeah. that, is that Sid Fernandez's uh, son? I, I don't know what's going on. And then he he walks off the field, and uh, you know I'm, I try to do the right thing and get an extra inning in for these guys because they're paying their their money and you know they're having a good time. And he says, "Hey, can we use some new baseballs so you can see them?" Wow. And, and I mean, he thinks that that's funny. He thinks that oh, I nailed it, got him. <laughs> when. You know, he just doesn't have a clue. Like, that's really a really rude comment. Yeah. And if he's dealing with most other guys, they're gonna you know, they're gonna get in a, in a confrontation because he's dealing with the most chill youth umpire in America. He's I just kind of laugh at him and go, boy, way to you know, way to be there, man. Yeah, you know, yeah. have a have a nice life. But so, good. But I mean, you know, they, these are these are constant stories, and and and. and not everybody is umpiring these games with the laissez-faire attitude that I am. Right. So you go there, you just had to work, you look cranky, maybe you had an argument with your girlfriend or your, or your wife, and you're going to the game, and you're not in the greatest mood to begin with, and now some putz is going to tell you, hey, why don't you get some baseballs you can see? I mean, you don't t- – t- like, to me, if it starts off with, well, maybe I shouldn't have said this, and that's how most of these conversations are with these guys. You know, right. well, I maybe mean, I shouldn't have said that. But that's later. I, I just – I'm at a loss, though, as to why Major League Baseball hasn't been a little stricter in their treatment towards umpires other than maybe they want to bust the union. Right. And we've, we've, we've kind of discussed that a little bit. And let's get into that right now. You know, in, in – Sean, you I do – uh, well, go ahead. Could it be also for ratings? Like, if, you know, the reason why the, the punishment isn't as harsh as it should be, um, maybe because 
they want to see more, like the media wants to see more incidents like this to boost ratings. And they want to see Manny Machado on the field. The ratings don't. Don't. The Sandy Alderson effect of where we should never have an electronic strike zone because we need to have more ball strike arguments with umpires right. and players. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I don't know if it helps the ratings because aren't ratings at an all-time low, but attendance is at an all-time low. Uh, I think ad revenue is at an all-time high, though. It doesn't really make too much sense to me, but if mm. that's the case, then that's the case. But here's the thing. So you, you – if less people are watching the games and less people are going to the games, even if you're making more money, in the long run, what happens? You're Your product winning. isn't feasible long term. Yeah, right. So mm-hmm. you're going to get passed by soccer. It's going to happen in our lifetime. And they hate they hate when I say you're going to get passed by soccer. It's going to pass hockey and baseball. It's going to happen in the next 30 years in America because everybody plays soccer all year. And you can find, for every baseball field, you can find six soccer fields going on. Right. Mm-hmm. And up in my neck of the woods, some lacrosse fields, too. Yep. So what do they enjoy doing? I mean, it used to be there were four baseball fields and one or two soccer fields. It's totally different now. Mm-hmm. So um, you think about it from that perspective, and you realize that baseball is in long-term trouble. Um, they'll still be fine. They're still going to make their money in minor league baseball. But they're, long-term, they don't have a good plan. One of the plans that – one of the things that I, I've said for years is that nobody wants to go to a game and sit there for three and a half hours. There's only so much you can do. And baseball's done nothing. They've increased, you know, uh, advertising time in uh, in in uh, Major League Baseball playoff games. I mean, now – I mean, it, it's, it's crazy that every pitching change deserves its own three-minute commercial break. Right. So – you know they've they've basically sold so much ad time they can't they can't fit enough commercials in it and you know that's where the three the three batter rule would actually be good so Joe Madden couldn't go out there every two minutes and change the pitcher. Um, to me, there 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 needs to be significant structural change to the way baseball is done. But there are two problems. You've got a very stubborn Major League ba- Baseball Players Association. That doesn't really uh, – they're getting their money. They don't care about the growth of the game in 30 years. Nobody sees a long-term approach. And you've got a very stubborn Major League Baseball umpires union. So those two entities in and of themselves have not helped the game of baseball over the years. No, and, you, go ahead. And, and, and this is coming from a union guy. So, right. you know, it's very – but all unions are not created equal. So what does the union have to do? Because, I mean – we saw right after the Manny Machado incident, we saw the union come out and say that they were very disappointed in this. They made their public statement, and Major League Baseball obviously had the, the reply that, that explained why they did it and then also made a commentary about how they thought it was inappropriate that the umpires were commenting on this type of a thing. What does the union do? What are they supposed to do? What are we supposed to take from this, this fallout and this uh, subsequent interaction? Initially, I wasn't a huge fan of what uh, the, the MLB Umpire Union Association Twitter account wrote. Right. And I was careful not to, not to say who it was. Uh, <laughs> but uh, then I thought about it. And then if they just let it lie there, it looks very, very – it looks doesn't look good for them. It's right. like, you know, looks petty. They're kind of damned but if they do, damned if they don't. Not really because if they do – they look. 
it's just it's all to do with the response. And then Major League Baseball issues this ridiculous, you know, opinion of the Twitter beef. And they are now put in a spot where they're defending a guy throwing a bat at the stands. I mean, it's just a terrible look. And when I say that, you know, you know, the, the service of baseball, MLB hasn't done a front office, hasn't done a service to baseball. The umpires union hasn't done a service to baseball, certainly the players. So they're all, you know, in the wrong here. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're going to pick one that looks the best, it's the, it's the umpires. Because they have the right side on this. All they have to do is we believe that bats shouldn't be thrown at the stands. Right. Do you agree or disagree? Major League, baseball, <laughs> Major League Baseball comes out and says, we don't think you should have your opinion on this. We, you should be quiet. Well, now they look like a dictatorship. Right. <laughs> it's that Are you pro throwing bats towards the stands? Because right. you said you suspended them for a game and you didn't suspend them for throwing a bat towards the stands? Fired a bat? So it doesn't it look like just to the average observer – that Major League Baseball is pro throwing bats toward the stands? You would think that to an average person, to a reasonable person, but obviously we have a society where it does you know, we, we can we can be rooting for opposite teams, but we all have a common enemy in the umpires. So it's almost like no matter what the umpires say, it can be gospel, it can be the absolute truth, and it's nope, they're wrong. We we're all gonna hate umpires. Someone's always gonna spin it. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, we see that all the time on uh, with with announcers uh, through stuff we do on the website in that there's a pitch that goes through the box, and it's borderline. And uh, and they go, it's borderline. Like, no, it, the entire ball was, according to your box, was a strike. Right. But God forbid, if that ball is not touching any part of the line, oh, you could, clearly a missed call. Clearly a missed call. So... It's uh, it's a little bit of a, what, what what I like to call observation bias. So you observe it, but then it doesn't you know fit your narrative. So you are going to change it to you can't be wrong. So you've got to rip on the umpires. But you know we see it all the time with people you know that come on and uh, they're anti umpire and uh, they they it, it was a strike, but they're like no, it's not. The computer's wrong. But if it's a ball. They, 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 it was a ball, yeah. you know, what, what, what can you do if, it, you know, if saying was called a strike, but, you know, I, I try not to get too wrapped up in those people and try to find solutions. And, you know, obviously major league baseball's not calling me up and going, boy, you know, you've got some great ideas, even though they've implemented some of them in terms of replay. And we know they monitor our site. Right. Um, you know, they would never give us credit for that. No, of course not. But, um, the, 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 the bottom line is that um, we have to find solutions, not complaints. And I, I think, you know, you know, Major League Baseball and the umpires union getting in the same room and just, you know, saying, hey, we've got to grow the game. But they don't think like the problem is, Jack, Sean, they don't think like that. No, they think what's in my best interest to make me look the best. They don't think, well, how do we keep this game strong for the next – when you start a business, you don't start a business and go, what's in my best interest? We have to find long-term answers, not, okay, let's stop – because we're, we're this is what we're beefing about. We're beefing about a guy making $30 million a year versus a guy making, you know, probably, in, you know, 
in the in the mid six finger six figure range. Finger range at, would be something else, yeah. As as compared to a major league baseball entity making billions of dollars a year, that's nobody cares about the little guys, the twelve year old Billy. That's like I don't want to play this sport. And the guy, these guys are these guys are insane, you know. That right. aren't watching the games. And we've been talking about this. I mean, when we grew up, and I hate to sound like you know, get off my lawn, guy. But when we when we grew up, the NLCS was on at three o'clock. The ALCS was on at eight, and vice versa. You could watch baseball during the day, you know, and that just doesn't happen anymore. So people are losing interest. They're 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 not going to the games, and I can tell you that because I've done enough of these games over the years you know that people are not going to the games in the same way they used to right, go right now you mentioned in, in in previous interviews and in some of your comments on on the site that you really think that the union is on its is in trouble there's a there's a conflict brewing as we've just been discussing as well but you know the the CBA with the with the umpires is going to be up soon, and there's going to be some trouble on the horizon. How does this type of incident and these types of, of thoughts uh, contribute to that? Where are we going from here? Well, I think that the Major League Baseball has a little better leverage, considering the Atlantic League was supposed to start the computerized strikes on our opening day, and it's now uh, July, and the. Atlantic League hasn't. So clearly the technology isn't there to have a computerized strike zone for right. a number of reasons. Um, I think it's, again, I've said this a lot. I think it's great for technology that, you know, maybe a challenge system, you know, the, the offense and the gets three challenges and the defense gets three challenges. If you're right, you get to keep it. So you get three total incorrect. And, and I don't think it takes very long either. No, it doesn't. People tell me it would take about 10 seconds total to look over the scoreboard and see whether the pitch is a strike or not. And what would get you more engaged than that, like they do with tennis, right? Exactly. I was just going to say that. This is my idea. It'll eventually happen if they want it to happen, and it's a great idea, and it keeps everybody should keep everybody happy because you get to see now, I guess, to the umpire that misses 15 calls, it won't get him happy, but you, you get to see, you know, who's who are the better guys, you know? And, um, and trust me, if your calls are getting overturned all the time, you'll fight to get better. You know, Absolutely. there are some umpires that were getting calls turned over 12, 14 times a year, some some a little more. Larry Vanover comes to mind. Right. You know, um, Jerry Davis comes to mind. Um, and these guys are senior guys. Senior guys. I mean, Jerry Davis had 18 missed calls uh, three years ago. Right. So, um, you know, that maybe, they, maybe they've gotten a little better and they're not quite as lazy umpiring the bases because they don't want to turn the headset over and come back with a reverse call. Nobody wants to get their calls turned over you know, 20-plus uh, times a year, I mean, that's embarrassing. You right. don't want to lead the league in overturned calls. So I think I think it's really improved the base work of these guys, um, if I could be so blunt. Right. And because they, they have pride in their jobs for the most part. Um, and, it, you know, even if you're old school, you go, hey, uh, how do you take those pickoffs a little better so I'm not missing all, you know, five pickoffs a year? Mm-hmm. You know, anyway... So I think the same would be for, for for umpires, the old school guys that clearly don't want to change. And we had Mark Williams on the pod, on our latest podcast on Close Call Sports, available on iTunes or wherever free podcasts are sold. And uh, uh, the plate meeting, she named the name the podcast too, right? Oh, absolutely, Otherwise, yeah, yeah. Where free uh, podcasts are sold, I like that. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's that's mine. I should copyright it before yeah, somebody trademark. steals it. Um, trade is that what it's called? 
It is now. But, yeah. You just you, you did it that fast. Hey, we're we're miracle workers here at OSIP. We self So now I completely lost my train of thought. We were talking about oh the uh, the ball strike, but to me that that gets that keeps everybody happy, keeps everybody where where they want to be with with uh, with balls and strikes. But you know, yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you. It's 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 a head scratcher because. You know, we can we can go through this ad nauseum as we as we have a multitude of times, and we just keep we just keep going through the same compost heap. You know, we keep yeah. we keep seeing the same issues over and over again. And you really coined it when you said we've just got a bunch of stubborn people not trying to make the situation better. They're they're ignorant to the issues that are easily fixable. You know, it's not like. It's not like these issues are, are are so complicated that they have to consider so many different things. And what? No, 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 no. It's as simple as saying, guys, we can't do this, you know, or we have to do things different or better, or you know, you you have to make yourself and your union slightly vulnerable, you know, at the negotiating table in order to get something that you that will benefit the greater good here. It's not like. This isn't a political discussion. This is this is how do we as a business grow, and it's just not it's it's not permeating the minds of many of these parties. So, in in to to to, to go back to your original question, I, I don't think the MLB umpire union is, is 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 in as bad a shape as I thought it was mm-hmm. about eighteen months ago, because I was predicting two over two years ago. You can probably find my that they are really going to have to. That Major League Baseball is really, and I had this from a really good source that they were they were making it their goal to bust the union, right? And um, and you know, and unfortunately for or, or fortunately for the umpires, not having a because if they just say, "Hey, we're implementing this," uh, that's what we're doing. Have a nice day. I don't think there'll be a union as we know it. Yeah. I think that you know we'll have a split because I mean you're basically taking away the one thing that is sacred to umpires. Mm-hmm. And if you do that, I, I don't see, like if somebody said to me, hey, um, you're no longer allowed to call balls and strikes, I said, put me on the basis. Right. You know, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to get back there and get concussions or get injured and really basically only be calling hit by pitches and foul tips, you know, or balls mm-hmm. going off by some of the hardest calls you have to make. Right. You know, right. so that you know, that's just me. But um, I think with that technology not being ready, look, I've said this a number of times, and I'm going to keep saying it. If somebody get, has a better idea than what I do, you know, because the technology clearly isn't there. Somebody has a better idea than using like the the uh, what do you call it in tennis? You Hawkeye. Know, the Hawkeye system. Yeah. Um, whatever it's called. Um, then I'd love to hear it yeah. because I would like to keep Major League Baseball umpires relevant and I would also like to use this technology to get some of the calls. But that play, since it only calls, you know, it only calls about 92% of the pitches accurately, um, that particular play where you have that 2-2 pitch where the computer doesn't see it <clears throat> or maybe there's a check swing and it picked up the wrong thing right. and it gets the call <laughs> And that's that's the important thing to note here because 
it's it's evident. It's it, it's obviously plastered everywhere. The technology for calling electronic balls and strikes is not there. There has been proof that, and it's it's plastered everywhere. You can check it all over close call sports, the umpire ejection fantasy league, plate meeting podcast, etc. It's everywhere. The technology is not there yet. There are too many faults. There are too many errors. There there's just too many bugs in the system, so to speak. So for people who think that we can just go to it, we cannot. It's just as simple as that right now. Well, you can go to it. You're going to find it's faulty information. You know, we talked to Mark Williams from Boston University on the latest podcast right. uh, on the plate meeting, and, and he said he had no idea that the data was as faulty as it was. Mm-hmm. We talked to Dylan Yep from Umpire Auditor, and he admitted the data was faulty and that his that his that he wasn't really looking to be accurate. He just wants to replace human umpires right. yeah. behind calling balls and strikes. So. You know, I mean, the people that and those are the people we couldn't get some of them on because they thought they were going to get grilled. You know, right. They know that the other people that, you know, three or four other people we wanted to have on, they know their data is not right. <laughs> they know that they're basically lying to the public. But, you know, it's it, it, lying to the public is is OK. You know, it, we live in a world that if you lie and deny you're 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 good, but if you admit fault, you're you're crushed. Right. So you know, and that that's that's a sociological thing too. I mean, that has nothing to do with even the political landscape. I mean, on a on a person to person level in in our own personal worlds, unfortunately, that's the the template is that we have to show strength. We can't show vulnerability. We can't be truthful. We can't be honest. It's it's we have to save face and. More often than not, we end up screwing up with it. You know, it's, it's not who's right; it's who says it the loudest. Exactly, exactly. Screaming A. Smith. Yep. Yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like uh, what what just happened with uh, the Mets and Mickey Calloway and all that stuff. Nobody's admitting fault, and it's just a it's just a giant. I mean, we'll have to get into that on another episode because at that I'll point, I'll get into it right now. You got to love a guy who does an apology press conference but forgets to apologize in the first press conference. And has to call the media back talking about Mickey Calloway. Oh yeah. Uh, later to apologize. Like I mean, you know. Does that just have Seinfeld written all over it, or is it just me? He's uh, Mickey's an interesting guy. I mean, remember this is a guy last year that handed the wrong lineup to the umpires, and then in the post game, um, it's funny. I was doing a split doubleheader in Somerset with a good friend of mine, and we were listening to the the post game uh, interview. And he said, "Well, I knew I handed the wrong lineup, but there's just there's just nothing you can do. Once the lineup, the lineup, and and even though my dugout had the wrong lineup, I had to go with my lineup because there was nothing I could do with the other lineup. Like, I mean, he's either a liar and competent, or possibly both. <laughs> um, if you remember, that was I think it was also was Drupal Cabrera who was up. I believe you were who, right. Who got a double? Um, and you know, and he's." He couldn't change it because he didn't know he had the wrong lineup. Is he out of his mind? Yeah. And then why did he correct it later? Why didn't he keep the same lineup? I mean, you know, you know, Mickey's an interesting character only because I think the media can't stand him because they realize he's gaslit them so much over the last couple of years that they're they're probably sick of him. That that and, entire sentence right there could be about Mickey Calloway or Mickey Mouse. Did, was Mickey Mouse a gaslighter? I, it would not surprise me. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't really feel like going into the vault, but I'm sure it's there. <laughs> Interesting. I mean, I think his real name was Mortimer Mouse, so I think that's the the biggest problem right there. So, you ever know anybody named Mortimer besides uh, Snurd? 
I'm gonna have to go back and check the Wikipedia machine. I feel like that's a name that's kind of like B. Yeah. Like ever since B. Arthur, you don't see a lot of Bs. Oh, yeah. You know, old Aunt B. Yep. You know. Yep. It's it's just a just a name that's just kind of disappeared. I think we should bring back Mortimer and B. Sean Ryan is doing his B. Arthur impersonation right now. It's just a face. It's just kind of <laughs> like just like a. It's almost just like this, like death stare. Just like I can't Does he have doing any cigarettes this. in it? Uh, no, he he. We we don't condone smoking. We 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 will not do that in any of our impressions. You're just talking crazy talk now. <laughs> well, well, we have really gone off track. We do that a lot here. We are very sick individuals here. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Tim, before we wrap up, uh, the floor is yours. If you have anything else that you want to add to any of this, because this this whole thing is a giant mess that we've kind of sorted through. And if there's anything else you want to throw onto this, now's the time. I mean, yeah, we can sit here and talk for days about about the issues, but we we need help. You know, this is like a like a telethon without asking for money. We need help from the parents. We need help in instructing their kids. We need help from the coaches. You know, we need help from everybody in, in telling people when they behave poorly. And that includes umpires. Right. We can't have umpires, you know, acting like Yosemite Sam out there. And we do. Uh, but I, I will say this, that I don't think the umpires are a huge part of the problem. I think it's sometimes when we do false equivalencies, you know, like the umpires might be 15% of the problem and the players and coaches might be 85%. And we go, boy, both sides even. You yeah. Know what? That's called math. That doesn't work. You know, but there's no doubt that there are there's there are plenty of players and especially in the youth. Hey, don't do that. Right. You know. Yeah. But you know, and yeah, we can't we can't have. And I think a lot of that is because you know we don't know the names of the kids. I you know, and I, I it's like I always talk to you about make sure you know the names of your catcher and your pitcher so you can have, you know have a decent relationship with the head coach. You know, that's that's. You know, basically the end of it. Otherwise, right. you know, because you don't have any lineups, it's be hard to remember everything. Right. But you should be able to remember six names. I mean, I would hope. Oh, well, that's um, a different story for a different time. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, leave your personal life out of it, Jeff. Yeah. Um, but we, uh, we, as we, as we continue, and then we need help from Major League Baseball and, uh, and Minor League Baseball, you know, league presidents, to not allow, you know, these videos. I and mean, we, we, we get videos and we try not to, chronicled all of them because oh this happened and then the guy got no games right it's just embarrassing maybe we should start shaming league presidents to do the right thing you know we're we're um, shaming a lot of other people we might as well start with league presidents you know and and just get people to do the right thing you know i'm not saying and forget for a second if the call is right or wrong you know let's have rational behavior afterwards you know, I get it. It's an emotional game. I understand that. But there's no reason a guy should be throwing a bat ever on a baseball field unless it's – you know, even when guys pop, you see them fire bats down. I love the Brett Gardner video. I don't know if you guys talked about that in the last couple of weeks. But oh, with the helmet? But he spiked his helmet yep. into the wall, and it came back and cut him open. <laughs> I think that's oh, fantastic. Yeah. Karma's so a now, shame, the last isn't couple it? weeks, I because I'm, I'm up here in the New York City area, whenever I, I see a kid throw equipment, I said, hey, do you guys see that Brett Gardner video? And they go, oh, they go, yeah, he's a he's a hothead. Nobody, you know, he's, I said, don't be like him. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, and they it, maybe connect, if I connect for one out of every ten, I'm in business. I I, hey, it's great because three out of ten gets in the Hall of Fame, so one out of ten is probably a step in the right direction. Tim? We can't thank you enough for being here. I you know it's it's a it's a contentious topic, and we're barely making headway with it. But 
we got to start somewhere. And well, you, you, you can't thank me enough. You won't offend me with cash, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> the check is in the mail. I got to talk to someone about how the USPS works, though. So we'll figure it out. To, you got to put a stamp on the envelope, Jack. That's what I've been doing wrong. I put in, put in the return address without the stamp. Oh, my God. And the, the address is your address, too. Again, so. I'm, not, I'm not bright. I'm just not bright. <laughs> Well, while I figure out how to how to human, we'll work on it. Yeah, we'll work on it. We we'll work on it. Tim, want to thank you, Tim McCaffrey, once again from Close Call Sports, the Empire Ejection Fantasy League, the Plate Meeting Podcast, all available on where you get your podcasts. Your your free podcasts are sold. Got to make sure that line is used again. <laughs> Check them out online as well at CloseCallSports.com. They've got all their social media: Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, YouTube now, I believe, as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are really moving up in the world. <laughs> yeah, YouTube. I, we gained like 100 followers because basically we didn't do anything before. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just described my social life right there. So. Yeah, thanks, uh, Sean, Jack. Thanks so much for having me on. Hopefully we do it again soon. Well, I'm sure we will. So uh, that about wraps up this edition. Sean, thank you as well. Thank you, guys. So we'll be back in uh, just a couple of short weeks for uh, more sportsmanship talk. So until then, everybody, please treat each other with respect. How You Play the Game is a production of the OSIP Foundation, Incorporated. The producer-engineer of this episode is Sean Ryan. Music by SoundSpring Studio. The executive producer of How You Play the Game is Jack Furlong. For more information, visit osipfoundation.org.